Welcome back to This Film Not Rated, a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network, where we try to not rate movies. The world seems to think that there's an objective truth to a movie. Or Twitter does. So we're on a quest through a gauntlet to find it. Join us as we try to make it through 15 questions. If you make it, you get a special prop from the movie of your choice, or the movie that you went through the gauntlet with, within reason. Uh, and a frame certificate signed by yours truly, both of us, certifying that you are someone who is objective about film. Yeah, imagine something along the lines of, yes, this person legitimately can be objectively truthful about this movie. No, for real. I know they're a huge fan of it, but seriously listen to them for real. And then like our names. <laughs> now, if we can't make it, we drop the questions completely and just do a straight uh, ramble talk on the film in question. Uh uh, that was in the gauntlet. I know I'm being a little bleh about this, but uh, today, Eric is going through the gauntlet. And what movie are you talking about today? We're talking about Barbarian. And Airbnb got double booked. Georgina Campbell plays Tess. And Bill Skarsgård plays Keith. And both of them have a very tense night. Then they find out something in the basement that has to do with Justin Long playing AJ the actor. Mm-hmm. And the rest you can find out by watching it. Now, we do talk full spoilers, but... That's all you need to know going in. Yeah. Alright, so, is Barbarian a good or bad movie? Fun fact for this one. Barbarian is a Disney release. We'll talk more about that later. 20th Century Studios, this 20th Century Fox bought by Disney, uh, they came up with the trailer and marketed it this way, and they did what they do for a lot of movies, which was random polling of pre-screens in order to get ratings from an audience and then have rounds of making small edits and tweaks. Uh, the writer-director, uh, Zach Kreger, talked about this in some of the behind-the-scenes things, that they were... He, he didn't feel worried about the movie's release because by the time it was released, Disney would have a score that was a number that to the point where they were confident that it would get the reception they wanted. So almost scientifically, this movie is at least going to be as effective as Disney standards say it should be. Okay. Can't, I can't see anything off with that. The time being, all right. Uh, question number two, what was the best scene in the movie? <sighs> Wait, 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 wait. I have to be completely objective. Different people's favorite scenes in this movie is going to depend on different types of horror, different types of expectations. But there are scenes that people talk a lot about ones that are shocking and you know i not saying shocking as in you know subjectively it's shocking i'm saying like literally a jump scare that is the turning point from the first half to the second half of the movie mm-hmm. um but i'm not saying that that's the best but i am saying my favorite scene in the movie Involves a missed opportunity. So, I will say to answer this question, the best scene in the movie 
isn't in the movie. Best scene in the movie isn't in the movie. Ah, nope. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> well, oh, I thought it was so clever. Cause saying like, oh, it's it's not there. Like, oh gosh, I thought I was so smart. Well, I, I, I guess we're just on to, you know, we're, we're dropping the rest of, of, That's of the it. gauntlet questions now. Yeah, we're not going through, yeah, we're not going through all the gauntlet questions again, because in this age, it kind of feels uncomfortable to talk about how you, who you'd bang, marry, kill like we're 12 years old and, you know, doing that kind of thing. Yeah. When the point isn't to give someone one of the most difficult, like, things of honesty, at the end of a whole gauntlet of being objective, you have to be like, you know. Yes. All right, your honest opinion, what would you do here in order to, like, make it to the end? That's the function of that. Yeah. I do, I would say, I want us to keep, the first thing we should do when we go here mm-hmm. is, would Nicolas Cage have made this a better movie? Oh, yeah, where where would you put him, though? There are places. We So, with this year just having released the unbearable weight of massive talent? Yeah. I, I wouldn't make him the actor, because specifically the stuff that that actor goes through. Mm-hmm. But... He could be the father or the mother. Yep. <laughs> I think those I think either one of those would be like Although credit to that actor, uh you were telling me you weren't sure what um what uh secret casting like I didn't want to know about and I learned that it's mm-hmm. sort of a niche horror thing. Um the actor's name I actually have to look up because I always think of him as Joe Chill from Batman Begins. Okay. His name is Richard Brake. He's in a whole lot of Rob Zombie's stuff and in a lot of horror stuff. He's he's like a horror actor. Okay. Um, and he's the father. He's the serial killer from the eighties. So, as people should know by now, we're in full spoiler territory. We haven't given you enough context yet, but you should understand now that we're stepping into talking about a movie that everyone has kind of kept hush hush and kind of had the opinion yeah. that you should go in blind. Mm-hmm. I am not of the opinion that you should go into this movie blind. Yeah, I think that's a bad idea. Also, uh, you, because the, the the trailers give you a very different ex- expectation on on what you're going in to see. Because that I mean, it's the effect it had on me. And the first third of the film, I got exactly what I was going to get as soon as Justin Long's character is is introduced in in to the film. It becomes a different film. And then once he goes underneath the house, it becomes a different film from that. There are like three distinct different tones in this movie that try to coexist at the same time. And I don't know if it reaches that. I like I do agree that if the press release had gone differently, going in blind would have been a good idea. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so rare we get a movie that takes a left turn like this and it's like, screw you, you're, you're in for a ride now. I feel like I have been talking and thinking so much about like if you're gonna make a movie don't just pander to an echo chamber that agrees with you Mm -hmm. you know create a movie that draws in an audience then then and then do something with them that they didn't expect and see how it works yeah and but focus on making it entertaining enough that you're you're appealing to you're you're you're, even if you go into this movie as long as you're expecting an r-rated anything can happen horror Mm -hmm. you're probably safe you're probably gonna be okay but it is a wild ride. The problem is everyone in the, like, okay, 
the first question that we ask of the three questions that we have. Yeah, good or bad movie. What made you what made oh. you want to see Barbarian? What uh the trailer is what hooked me and it was long before I knew that 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 Zach Kreger was was the director. Once I found out that he was the director, it made me more inclined to want to go see it because I I'm familiar with his past work and being him being him 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 having written and directed skits on on the whitest kids you know. When when I found out that it was Zach Kreger, the idea that went through my mind was, oh, it's kind of like with Jordan Peele, a guy who did a lot of skit comedy on TV for a while and is now transitioning into horror. I wonder what he's going to do with it. There immediately one of the things that that he said in um one of the interviews that he went into was the the DNA of a horror scene and a comedy scene are very similar. Uh-huh. You're trying to build tension. You're trying to have setups and payoffs that function generally the same. You're just trying to deliver a different response. Um, but okay. I wanted to see this movie because, mm. uh, the trailer just like was fascinating. And then I saw Justin Long. <laughs> so we haven't seen Justin I, Long I, in a horror film since what? Jeepers Creepers. No, no. Uh, yeah, drag no, hell. no tusk. I haven't seen Tusk yet. So yeah. Tusk, Drag Me to Hell, Jeepers Creepers. Justin Long is all over horror. He's, like it's it's weird. He's he's almost more horror yeah. than Bill Skarsgård. Even though Bill yeah. Skarsgård's been in, Pennywise, he's been in um, villains. 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 Yeah. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, you know he's and the whole series of Hemlock Grove. Like he's like everyone. I don't know the cast in this is is seasoned with all this it's it's kind of cool that they got it all in so fun fact um they got bill skarsgård because bill skarsgård just likes the script he was the first person they went to go look at it and he liked it he's not even a huge horror guy apparently this is all from zach krager and interviews a lot of things i'm going to say are from zach krager interviews and whatnot and so Mm -hmm. a lot of people have pulled up those clips online and you can go look at those clips and things like that but you know here i'm mostly going to give that information to answer the questions and so here's the thing is I never paid attention to the other credits. I just saw what the movie was building in the trailer uh-huh. and then they showed Justin Long's face for a split second and I was like uh-huh. he's not a cameo actor. Nope. There's something bigger here and that was so appealing that I was like I'm going to be going to see this movie. Then I found out that this is the movie Zach went to go make. So a lot of people um, who are discovering and, and like already know him or whatever, they know that the whitest kids, you know, kind of came back and they're all kind of cringing at themselves and laughing at themselves and trying mm-hmm. to develop a new movie, Mars. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited for it, partially because they all say it's the best thing they think they've ever written together. Mm-hmm. And they're almost done. The jug is like almost full in terms of the money that they need to make the movie themselves. Um. But one of the one of the streams they were doing for this is called Newsboys, and it was just these two, Trevor and Zach. Uh-huh. And at one point, Zach had to take a break, at which point it became the flagship because Trevor Moore is hilarious and a genius, and it really sucks that he's passed away. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, but he went and he came back, and the night that they shot the first episode of Newsboys coming back was the night that Trevor passed away. Um, all that was a, was barbarian, like Mm. that he was gone for. 
And I kind of, I don't want to tie that together too much. You know, I feel like that's going to be a little insensitive if it keeps going there. But if it helps people know to go back and promote and support uh, more work from Zach and people that are close to him and whatnot, you know, I, I, I'd want to shout that out. But like, that's the other part of the reason I was like, holy crap. That's the movie he went to go make. I was going to end up watching this even if it was the worst thing that ever came, happened. You know, like Miss right. March. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, Miss March has its moments. The more I learned about it, the more I wanted to know about it. I actually reached out to him and I think it was probably a little cringy. I've seen other people who have like similar or less followings than the Music City Drive-In mm-hmm. uh, get get interviews with him and i just had no idea who the pr people were to reach out to so i was like screw it i'll just dm him and i think it was it was pretty terrible i'm so sorry if for some reason you ever end up seeing this it was it was kind of rude to do that but you know whatever i shot a shot so um i just was really wanting to know about this movie i really wanted to know what it was going to be so i went in but but watching everything leading up to it mm-hmm. watching everybody talk about the movie created a narrative to me and this is what i usually do when i review movies independently is talk about the narrative that uh people are making before i go see a movie and what impact that has on the movies Uh that when you go into this movie you're gonna see what the movie's selling you and then you're gonna see something that is unlike anything you've ever seen before and that's the problem to me i think you should know before you go see this movie that the second movie is a movie you've seen before. Yes. They just do surprising things with your expectations in it. And it's very satisfying. Yeah. To me. Yeah. We just watched The Fog together this weekend because we like to just watch movies more than we talk about them. Yeah. Wesley. Um, And uh, so we were talking about how in John Carpenter's original The Fog. Yeah. The... Um, weatherman who's hitting on the um, who's hitting on the radio host the radio host who sits in the the lighthouse the lighthouse is ex- is pretty much Justin Long's character yeah he's he like is. I don't know about all this fog stuff I'm gonna go out and check it out for myself right he's he's what you'd expect and like a dumb person in a horror movie to hear a door open and goes probably the wind or go check it out, you know? Yeah. So what they did is literally start. And I, and I, I, I adore this about the movie. So we're getting into question two. What did you love? And what did you not like so much about the movie? Yeah. This movie literally opens with, it was a dark and stormy night. It does. It's, it's just dark and raining. And she pulls up and the story unfolds from there. And I thought, I think it's, that's beautiful. There's something icon- like, like Fancy. quintessential or iconic about it. Yeah. Yes. Like a, like a, almost like a storybook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like a, just a fucked up storybook. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I, like, like, you know, uh, old, old uh, Gothic tales. Like I, I like, like Frankenstein or, or, or Dracula. The one thing in the script that did not make it into the final thing is the ending was supposed to take place on top of a church instead of in a water tower. 
So just picture the homeless man taking refuge in a church. Yeah. Leading to them running up like the stairs and how everything would feel gothic like that. Yeah. And like a monster showdown and like all that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, you can see it. And it's funny because there's, again, that Justin Long connection when they tried to revive gothic horror in a way with Jeepers Creepers. And like, Mm -hmm. there's so much about this movie that works that I'm not even sure was intentional. Um, Long story short, here's how the movie was made. Zach Krager. Mm-hmm. Writing a scene for fun because he realized, you know, like he's hosted an Airbnb before he's, he's dealt with a couple of things and he sort of came upon a revelation that he occupies a different psychological landscape. Uh, men occupy a different psychological landscape than women. It, and this point is brought up in the movie. Tess is like, if the roles had been reversed, there's no way in hell she would have opened the door for Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. Right? Right. And on the one hand, in the back of your lizard brain, you sort of know, and he'd probably be safer outside in his car, too. Yeah. You know? Like, there's there's just sort of a lot in this movie that's a given, and so there are some things left unsaid that I, I think I agree don't need to be said. But then there's some things that I wish they would say, but I'm not in that part yet. Point is, he wrote the scene. He wrote the sequence of her getting into the Airbnb uh-huh. and and meeting him. And then just kept playing with it. And here's the kicker. Here's the key. Based on his account, he didn't know what was in the basement either. Yeah. He quotes Stephen King. Stephen King is not someone who writes out story cards and beats in order to get from one to the next. You and I also just watched Hereditary. A movie where you can clearly tell that scene... A dash two has to have X bead in it to pay off, you know, later and whatnot. Yeah. Hereditary is fantastic, but there's so much planning in that. Okay. Oh, so much. But that's not how, that's not how Stephen King tends to write. He describes writing more like in a metaphor of archeology. span You're digging and you're digging up bone after bone after bone. And you don't know what the dinosaur is going to be or what the creature is going to be until you have all the pieces. Yeah. So the way Zach wrote this was he wrote that scene, then he wrote forward, then he wrote forward, and when he got into the basement, he just wrote the most fucked up thing he could think of that could come out of the basement. That's, uh... Yeah. Yeah. That being said, there's a ridiculous amount of airtight logic in this. Like a ridiculous amount. Samia, my wife and I were talking when we left the movie. You realize, uh, Curtis, answer me this. How does mother get out of the basement? Another reviewer brought this up, too. It's sort of a, like a flaw, like an, an issue. See, uh, I mean, there's a broken window and it's nighttime. She can't come out during the day, I guess. It's, she not, it's to... not broken, remember? Tess had to get the key out the window. She couldn't open it first. Remember, when she's asleep, Mother comes out and goes through the open door. Oh, you're right. At the very In beginning. The be- at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Uh... And the homeless man notes that she gets out all the time and wanders around the neighborhood. Which makes sense, because she's got to get all the food and everything for father. So how does she get out? Is there... Is, I, I guess there are tunnels underneath that lead to different exits. The only thing that I can think of. Not that we know of. Not that we see. But here's the key. Tess and Keith are able to open the window together. Yeah. So, mother's strength. She might... She'd be opening the window and shutting it. It well, would be no problem. And then they would still be blocked in. Well, there's also this this throwaway line when when uh, when uh, Tess has gotten out for the first time, and and the guy that saved her says there's more than just her down 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 there. And I I thought that was implying that there's more creatures down there. 
But we only ever see the one. Well, I don't see how there's not more creatures down there. That right. was confusing to me. Like, when you talk about the process of how they are, but whatever. Point is, there was an explanation for how she could be getting in and out. Mm-hmm. On screen, visually, if you put things together. And that was the thing. I What I really liked about this movie was how surprisingly tight the logic of it was. When Tess comes in, she's looking and eyeing all of these smart things to make sure she knows how to keep herself safe. Yeah. She's being as careful as possible. Mm-hmm. There's this great little uh, one-shot moment where the washing machine turns into a cup of tea. And if you remember that pretentious story on film thing I had you watch... Mm-hmm. You think back to the taxi driver seltzer and you think back to the coffee cup. Yeah. It's like, it's always represented tension in film and it's sort of a nod. Yeah. Um, there, There's all these great things, great direction, great changes in direction, creativity, the guy who's unbound by rules of having done this before and mm-hmm. also knows how to follow the rules that are already set there, enough to play with them. Right. Then you have an uh, issue, I think, which is it's so smart in what it's doing that I think it glosses over a couple of things that need to be there. For example, I I know this had to be rough in the editing and making tweaks and all these things in order to, um, uh, make audiences like satisfied, Mm -hmm. but the editing where Justin Long picks up Tess, then mother gets up and lunges for Justin Long's throat. Mm -hmm. And then, Poof, Tess is already laying on the ground and Mother has him by the throat. There's no... He doesn't drop her. It's just like a too quick editing. And a little more more obvious one, when Mother jumps after Tess, Hmm? if you drop a marble and a bowling ball from the same height, they're going to hit the ground at the same time. Yeah. So you have to cut away because this can't actually happen. Mm -hmm. But... It is it feel it looks and feels awkward when it happens on screen to me. Um so there's stuff like that and then there's stuff like yeah, that, they that, they mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was just about to say that's that's another thing that uh, you see in film a, a lot though is is messing with, with 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 time. You see it all like a lot in in Steven Spielberg movies specifically with Indiana Jones and uh Raiders of the Lost Ark the very beginning, the slowly moving door. It should have closed like long before in, Indy could have gotten out of the uh, pit that he's hanging out of. But that's increasing the number of shots. Like it keeps being almost the same. Oh. He does that. Uh, he does that on purpose across multiple movies. It, in Indian Indiana Jones two, mm-hmm. how close Indy gets to having his hat go under the crusher. Mm-hmm. And then he gets up and he beats the guy. Like yeah. he should long have been crushed. Right. Steven Spielberg does that all the time. It's almost a stylistic trope of his. Okay. This here, I'm talking about, like, this is a continuity issue. Okay. Like, like Justin Long is like, I got you, I'm holding you, I'm gonna carry you. And then you don't see Tess fall to the ground. You just see the person, you know, it's it's just a weird thing. It's not mm-hmm. a, it's not important. You know what happens. It's not important. But that happens. And, and, and so a, a, the biggest example where I feel like this was a problem was where Zach talks about how this movie is sort of entertainment first, but then you have the benefit and horror of slipping in messages sort of subtly, not so subtly, definitely not subtly with the police, but that's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the I, the setup, which is frustratingly real for way too many people I've met, talked to, dealt with, that AJ, Justin Long, is rapist. And the way that he is that 
is he tried to impose himself in that alpha way that people talk about being or whatever. The woman said no, Mm -hmm. but he's like, oh, she came around, right? The way that he leans in and talks to his friend, who is Zach Kreger. Um, That's the cameo from the director. (laughs) Right. Um, You had an opportunity there to where the girl tells him you have to act like her baby in order for her to not freak out on you. Yeah. Right? Right. And now I could be wrong because this could just absolutely work for everyone because the idea is she's a woman. She's been in the position of women. She knows she has to sort of appease the person in order to survive. He doesn't get that. And so something bad happens to him. But you could have pushed it just far enough that Justin Long agrees to act like the baby. Uh And you have that flip of a dynamic where the scary woman puts him in the position where he has to appease her to survive. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't do it. He said, no, she got scared. She, she ran away. Like, or not scared. She heard the noise of other girl escaping and ran off. Right. You know, and they talk about having extended that scene and about how apparently originally, cause he won't take her milk. Like she rips the head off of a rat and like bird feeds it to him. Mm-hmm. But even that extension wouldn't nail that point down. But here's the thing. I'm thinking about that point because of the movie. Right. So maybe it did do enough to make that point, you know? Yeah, you yeah, there's there there there's an there, there's an argument there for uh, sure. Yeah. The uh, one thing I absolutely know does not work for me mm-hmm. is the throwing off of the water tower. Yeah. I, I feel like I've had way too much time to think about this and again, I hate being this person. I didn't go to Bulgaria for months and make a movie. I didn't go through all the headache and work and it's a fantastic movie. So I'm Mm-hmm. Like completely not saying anything but you have that opportunity where he could have just told Tess like hey she thinks you're her baby why don't you like he acts entitled and says why don't you just slow her down because she's not gonna hurt you but she'll hurt me you mm-hmm. know you were able to survive down there in the thing but she attacked me so if you distract her and help me I'll get away and like he he tries to pressure her into saving him mm-hmm that scene could have had that a little bit more than it did, okay. which there's again, it's a really, it's kind of like uh, uh, last night in Soho when it comes down to it, the way that I'm criticizing the movie is so talking about how I would make a movie mm-hmm. that it's like, then there's nothing wrong with the movie. I'm just, it's just inspiring me to think about, well, now I would write this new scene about some entitled dude who would handle a problem like that this way. And that might make me go on and be creative some other way. So I, I, the movie gave me that technically, technically that's a huge positive from a scene that I think is critical. Anyways, that's what I like. That's what I didn't like. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, like for like, that and uh, for what I liked about it, you know the the whole the whole intro, kind of like what what you were de- describing, I massively enjoyed uh, the the all the little attentions to uh, detail uh, with with Tess being nervous about even being invited inside. Whenever she goes anywhere, you uh, Zach Kreger made a point to show that she was locking the doors behind her. She was in a she, she didn't feel in a, like like she was in a safe place. Like very meticulous. Uh, even Bill Skarsgård, like trying to push on. Well, I'm gonna make 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 some tea for both of us if you want it. It's gonna be here. If you don't, it's okay. Well, I'm just gonna make some anyway. He's he's still imposing that, and she's just flat up re, re, refusing. It's not until a certain point, and I, I I don't know what the 
I don't know what the switch moment was, or I just can't remember, but at some point she lets her guard down and she starts drinking wine with them. And at that point, you and uh, you are pretty much sure that 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 Bill Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård playing Keith is is a pretty safe and just okay person. He's he's not trying to do anything that she doesn't want. He's just trying to be polite. I'm so excited and, for a rewatch. I'm so glad yeah. I get to love Keith. Anyways, yeah. uh, when when you go back in time and you're following the serial killer around and and uh, it's it, it's a straight shot behind his camera and you're you're kind of isolated from his face. You just see his actions. I like all that camera work. That 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 go goes into that. Um, I really liked uh, Bill Skarsgård as, as as Keith. I think he played the perfect uh, kind of red herring character to start off the uh, film with. Uh, and then you know Justin Long. I haven't seen him in a horror film since I watched uh, Drag Me to Hell with you at your place. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different other kind of horrifying. Um, but I I I gotta say I'm I'm happy to see him again. I I, I either only see him in like horror movies or comedies. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, Dodgeball, he plays a minor role in that, and that college film, I can't remember. Accepted. Sorry. Accepted. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome in Accepted. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I want to- the gore? I thought the gore was outstanding. Oh, the gore was great. Like, the practical effects, like, uh, that, 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 that ending shot where, where, where the monster's putting her fingers into Justin Long's eyes, and I'm like, oh, she's gonna do that? Yeah! And then she just cracks his head open, and blood spurts everywhere. I was like, oh, you went an extra step. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's intentional, but uh, because of, of, of where, where, Z- where Zach Kricker has, has lived his entire life, I, th- I think what he, I, I think this movie comes off more political than he intended it to be. Uh, just because that's how he is. Uh, well, that's so. Like the police officers is one example. The police right? officers is is a is a one where they they literally do nothing. Yeah, right. They're like you could have written something along the lines of one officer is like, like like it's uh there are there are too many threads here with the extra characters mm-hmm. to where some things don't track for that moment. Um, technically, her employer, her potential future employer knows where she's what neighborhood she's staying in yeah if she didn't hear from her for weeks to respond to a job interview mm-hmm. and she knew she was in this sketchy place that she was recommending she gets out of yeah you know you're 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 having to put onto the audience that the police heard maybe at a, about a person gone missing saw that the car was sitting out front mm-hmm. okay this this absolutely fine car like i like they had to dismiss so much and i know detroit is like screwed up i know that but mm-hmm. the you're you're asked it's sort of the same problem i have with bodies 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 mm-hmm. if if you try and make a point by reflecting off of the most exaggerated version of events then you give the audience the opportunity to go good thing that doesn't apply to me yeah and then it's not as impactful so you I think you have that issue with the police and I think you have that issue with Justin Long's character that he's so like entitled that I know it's a real thing in the world. We keep seeing these actors being the ones who are in this kind of trouble, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really just like any college campus. You can get a thousand of these or anywhere really that 
that could be. And by making him not the everyman, like, again, that's just a different movie I would make. It doesn't make this movie any worse, but uh-huh. yeah, you go on with what you were saying. Either way, but so, so like, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's that it's, uh, every single death in this movie is caused by a guy not listening to the woman, uh, like every single time, even the woman not listening to the woman is the cause of her being trapped un- under the house to begin with. Like, uh, that's, that's that, like, while that comes off as nice, it also comes off as pandering and could be a little bit, eh, pandering may be uh, the wrong not word. Not so far. Most, but see, that's the thing. The, the reaction across the board, and this is the important thing about this movie, mm-hmm. is pretty much finally someone gets it from every female reviewer. You could go beat by beat, right? Because the deaths are pretty few, right? Yeah, Keith, all, yeah. Keith he tells him like he's trying not to control her the whole time. Yeah, but the one time that he actually physically stops her from leaving mm-hmm. is when she's freaking out and he doesn't understand what's going on. It's right. the one time that he slips up and probably should have allowed her to do what she wants to do. You know. Mm-hmm. So when he goes down. He goes down from a logic that I 100% understand. I want to know what's down there. I want to maybe be able to help if I can help or report something if I want to report something. But I don't want to get locked in the basement. Right. So I'm going to ask her to stay there, right? So I Mm got to admit, I would probably do what Keith did. I mean, I I probably wouldn't go down in the tunnel. But I I, I would have gone... To right, as, like, as, as far as to the back door where the hidden room with the bed and the camera is, that's that's yeah. That, and then once I saw saw once once I saw the tunnel, I'd be like, okay, screw this, I'm out. But here's the thing: How, we don't know if the if mother was right there at the door and grabbed him or not. That's true. We don't see anything like that. Uh, the point is, you and I both know that we would probably go down and check the room. Yeah. So with him, can't really you know like eh. Now, Justin Long, there I have a problem. You make him such an idiot that he's literally measuring things backwards without looking where he's going to the point where he could step in a ditch and not know because he's walking backwards in a tunnel that's not lit. Like, so it's like, okay, if the first half of your movie wasn't set up on grilling the details for airtight logic on how to proceed... Mm-hmm. Then I wouldn't be critical when a character makes a dumb decision later, but I, I, you know, it's sort of the movie asks you to be. Yeah. Um. Now the characters that the rest of the characters that die, um. The include the homeless person. Yes. Um, Justin Long. Uh, the and father. And no, I already did Keith. Oh, okay. So it's just those three, right? Father, Justin Long, and the homeless guy? Uh, af- yeah. It, it, it's, it's very so, few deaths. So we know that there are actually like dozens to maybe hundreds of women that were raped and killed um, on the videotapes, right? But we just don't have to sit there and like watch that. Yeah. And then um, of those three, father kills himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the homeless guy, <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't get killed. He gets killed by a woman because a woman is technically the, the monster coming to kill him. But he doesn't get killed because of the advice of a woman. In fact, she says we should keep moving and he ignores her or something like that. You know, like, because he's like, she's never come in here, you know? 
Yeah. He has a belief that like, that like I've been safe here for 15 years and she's been creeping around this neighborhood. I'm still safe. Yeah. It's not like he's ever been in the basement and escaped. So he doesn't know her rules or why she would be going for him. Right. So that one is also not. So really the only death in the movie, two deaths in the movie that are the result of somebody not listening to a woman are Justin Long and Keith. Which are characters that sort of are direct reflections of one another. So yeah, the 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 dad he he kills himself only after the threat of his his uh, crimes are about to come to light occur. Like he's he's already reached an, he's already reached an, an an old age, so he doesn't really care all all that much. All all he cares about is not going away. See, that's what I thought too. I thought it was because Justin Long threatened him. Mm-hmm. But no. He asked Justin Long to move the bedside table to him, did he not? Oh, you're saying he, he was already planning on killing himself. For a long time. Guess who's been keeping him alive? <laughs> Mommy. I hate myself for saying he, that. Yeah. He has, he has been there. Who knows how long he wanted to. It's just that Justin Long... Gave him the opportunity. Uh, Zach Krager said this himself. He's not really too into the whole serial killer thing. Uh-huh. The point of this is Justin Long has this opportunity to walk in and uh-huh. see the worst possible scenario of the worst part of himself blown to an extreme in front of his face for self-judgment. Yeah. And that's why later, you know, so the whole thing is like, this is what your life is going to amount to. And then bang, you know, like that's, that's yeah. kind of the idea. Um, no, I, I think so, that, I, I think that gets across pre- yeah. pretty well because we 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 were talking about this a little bit the other day where uh, I was saying something along the lines of uh, uh, Justin Long sees this person who's exactly him, they, but uh, he sees him to a greater extent of uh, of of evil and then puts himself on like a moral pedestal because at least I'm not doing that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. as you said later on, he, he there is a bit of a of of a reflection where he says, "I think I'm a bad person." And then he just ignores it. And then the two end. seconds after that, he unlearns. <laughs> exactly. But um, <laughs> that that so, ending, I can't imagine how hard it must have been to try and end this screenplay. But that's it's so wacky. I feel like it'll make it'll become something where it's like I know that's what happens in the movie, so it'll become more normal over time. Mm-hmm. But it was so bizarre. Yeah. Like. How do you... It literally doesn't track. The only way he's seen Tess and the mother interact is Mm -hmm. she's kept in a cage just like him. Separate. Mm -hmm. He's been more intimate with mother than she has for all his experience. Mm -hmm. Okay? And they've both been running and he heard her say, oh, she's gone, knowing that she ran her car into the mother, knowing they're fighting each other. Mm Mm-hmm. He has absolutely zero reason to believe that mother would quote unquote go save her baby. Right. It it just that's the one thing it just doesn't track at all through the movie. But fun fact, Justin Long ad-libbed when he's rambling on trying to excuse his behavior and he says, "I think you slipped a little." That was an ad-lib. Mhm. Oh, and it's like, "Oh, it's all just a little too it, it it's a little, a little bit too, too close to home, yeah." Yeah. So, um, but any uh, so, uh, what would make you go back and watch this again, Keith? 
I want I want to rewatch this because I I want to see it more cohesive. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, scanning through and looking at the runtime, everyone keeps the movie feels like three thirds because it's like Tess and Keith, AJ, and then AJ and Tess are together, and there's like an ending climax. But actually, it's just before the midway point we switch to Justin Long. Yeah, that's it, a weird thing about the pacing. Yeah, it, it takes a while um, to get there. That's what. That's why when you get to Justin Long's part, it feels so jarring. Because you're used to but, something else so, entirely. Having heard people talk about how they're a mirror image of one another, watch mm-hmm. a woman go through this problem, watch a man go through the exact same problem. Mm-hmm. And just seeing them paired off of one another and the choices that he makes. I really like that idea and I want to see that again. But I also just want to, I want to watch it with my guard down around Bill Skarsgård playing that character because mm-hmm. was, it was really nice. Like, yeah. it was just really nice. So... Yeah. I mean, me, I, I want to watch it again because I, I just want to know if I actually like this movie or not. I'm still in that weird phase where <laughs> I was so caught off guard by everything after uh, Justin Long enters the scene that uh, I, I'm, I'm still in this weird mode where uh, there, there are moments in this movie that I sh- that a person that, that based on what I know about myself, I should be laughing at, like that cage scene. When Justin Long and Tess are are, are caged, and, and and the mother's trying to force feed the bottle to him, and, and there are like these little strands of hair coming off of the bottle, and it's gross and grotesque. But the way that the hand is shaking, it's comical to a certain extent, and I should be laughing at that, but I didn't, and I don't know why uh-huh. I didn't. Well, that's Maybe- the fascinating thing about it with an audience versus not. Our mm-hmm. audience laughed at random times. Apparently. A bunch of people chuckled in the preview screenings when Bill Skarsgård says, I'm not a monster because wink, wink, he's Pennywise. <laughs> but like nobody here cares, you know, that, that where we watched yeah. it. But if you had just seen some eye-catching poster at Blockbuster mm-hmm. and this was the movie you brought home, would that not be one of the craziest nights with just a couple of friends? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, when... When when I saw it in theaters, it was like with either two or three other people, and no one was was laughing. So I never had that social cue saying, "Hey, it's okay to laugh at things." Yeah, but um, so yeah, I watched way too much behind the scenes stuff, like mm-hmm. like to creepy stalker levels when it comes to Zach Gregor. So uh, yeah, again, apologies, but yeah, that's entirely why I would watch it again. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to say about this? Not only would I go back to watch this for just to figure out if I actually like it or not. For the practical effects and the gore effects and like the tension in that whole beginning section. And there's a whole lot of reasons why I would want to go back and watch this movie. And I'm happy that I saw it in theaters. Well, we are This Film Not Rated. Again, we're a branch of the Music City Drive-In podcast. Follow us on Twitter at TFNRCMEL. And you can follow me. My name's Eric. I'm at High Contrast FLM. And I am Curtis. You can follow me on Twitter at 90sGamer407 and on Twitch at Merrick underscore Tainment, where I stream video games. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you, guys, for watching. Uh, Don't go into the basement. Or do, provided you're a woman and you have the skill set to survive. Don't drink the bottle. (laughs) 